When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 129. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Michael Kaplan, and we got the episode number right this time, right? Because I, I got a lot of hate mail about this. We got it right. You can got- find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Twitter. Also, we're, we're on Instagram. Are we on Instagram? We are, of course. We're, uh, we're cool. I'm Cap in America. We're Lost in America, and you're Turner Sparks. Yes, on the podcast today, we have Ollie Horn. Stand-up comedian Ollie Horn, Brit. Brit. British. We haven't had enough Brits on this pod. We haven't had it. You can never have enough Brits. You can never they have get, enough. They, they got all those words. <laughs> Fancy uh, words. Take the lift. <laughs> Stuff like that. Chips. Yeah, yeah, he's been living in Japan for the last years. I met him out in, uh, we met in Hong Kong at a comedy festival, but then I played his club in Japan. And we actually and haven't had enough Japan on this. Really? Have we, we had any? Well, we had uh, our friend James Brodus stopped by at some point. We had Jimmy Brodus about uh, two years ago. Have we had anybody else talk about Japan? No, that's it. So we're going to have to really get the scoop. We got an expert on. This is going to be fun. But before all that, Kaplan, I got some shows to promote. I got this is what I have coming up. First of all, the big one if you're any in New York City or the surrounding areas, you got to come out to the Friars Club on Friday, June 7th. I will be recording my live album, my first ever album. Of stand-up comedy, I'll be doing a full hour. I also have an announcement. I have uh, my o- the opening comedian, the guy who's hosting the show. So it's going to be two comics. Who's that? It's myself and another guy, Luke Thayer. Oh, Luke Thayer, hilarious, hilarious stand-up <laughs> comedian. He tours all over the U.S. I just asked him to do it. He's in. So he, it's going to be him and then me. It's going to be a blast. And you guys hanging out. So don't even say the New York. People should come from all over the country. Fly come from all, this. fly in. This yeah. is a once in a, a once in a lifetime. This is why you accumulate frequent flyer miles. Burn this, them out. This is why in. you get friends because then they have shows at the Friars Club, and you know, you're never going to get to go other time in your life. What are you going to go to your high school kids' auction? Somebody will say, hey, "You pay me a thousand dollars, you can get dinner at the Friars Club." Guess what? Twenty bucks. Come yeah. see my show. That's quite a bargain. Also, <laughs> May fourteenth. Oh, let's back it up. May 10th, I will be in Davis, California at the El Macero Country Club in Cal- out there in California, May 14th. I'll be in Mill Valley, California at the Throckmorton Theater with Joe Close. Six going to be there. Who else? Uh, uh, Keith Lowell Jensen. A couple of my friends who are both hilarious comedians. Also, May 25th, Calle Ocho, Miami, Florida, the Ocho <laughs> Lounge, I found out it's called. Oh, we, oh, that's what they called it, actually. I just called it that. It's I mean, the, o- oh, it's, no, I called it Ha-Ha's on Ocho. I called the Ocho Club. <laughs> the Ocho Club. The Ocho Lounge. That means I, eight, for those of you who don't. If anyone wants to open for me, I don't have an opener there, so I need a comic. Any Miami comedians. I'll make some calls. I know some people down there. Make some calls. June 1st, I'll be in Washington, D.C. with Andrew Jones-Roy at the Comedy Loft, I believe it's called, but it's Cinco. also the, it's the Beer Baron. <laughs> it's the Beer Baron Bar or something like that. So come on out to all those. Get all those tickets at turnersparks.com. Kaplan, what do you? Your festival's over, right? The Tribeca Film Festival is, is over. Yes. Yeah, so How I'm, was I'm it? I'm plugging it. It was good. I uh, I went to see uh, Reality Bites, a screening of that. Uh, it's a 25th. They're big into these anniversary screenings. They got to find it. They have a, pe- they got a whole team of people who are employed who just <laughs> look at movies, what day they came out, what year. 
and then do the math each time a festival's coming up. Bands are doing that now. Like yeah. 24th anniversary yeah. of the Outcome the Wolves album, yeah. uh, Rancid. I, I just heard that I was talking on the radio that they had an advertisement that Bush and Live are touring together. George Bush? No, this band Bush, Gavin oh. Rossdale, remember that crappy uh, English band that sure, I liked yeah. in high school. But, um, and why would they be touring together? Because they debut albums were the same year. It's yes. a 25 years anniversary for them. It's a great marketing so, move. Yeah, so that's the. So yeah, I went to the Reality Bites. Speaking of which, I, Lisa Loeb uh, performed right in front of me. She still looks great. Wow. The same glasses. With nine stories? By herself. Oh, okay. But, I'm, a fa- I'm a bigger fan of the nine stories solo stuff. Oh, no. I was, and I was telling this to some people who were in their 20s and they never heard of her. You say. So, yeah, that's what she's saying right in front of me. Like, right? I'm going to so, hear what I want yeah, to. So yeah, it was very exciting. Boom. And, Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. Does she have any other songs? I don't know. Who needs other songs? That's you really one. don't. You just play that for an just hour. Play that one. Do an extended version, <laughs> like the uh, what are the what that band just used like to an do. instrumental. Yes, like fish. Just as long as you keep, she keeps the glasses, she can play what she wants. Amazon Kaplan. Yeah. The money is now rolling in once again since we cleared the deal with Bezos. Since we got Weber to. So you guys down. get on board. I mean, it's it's the it's a new trend now to give us money on Amazon. So yeah. what you have to do is go to lostinamericapod.com, click through the uh, what's the book called? Daisy da- Jones and the Six. Daisy Jones and the Six. Click through that. It'll take you back to Amazon. Really- do regular shopping. A percentage up to eight percent of what you buy yeah. comes to us for free. We should put a Lisa Loeb CD on there or Reality yeah, you Bites. Don't, you don't you spend any more money. We get money. You buy so buy whatever you need to buy at Amazon. If you need to buy seltzer, if you need to buy uh, toilet paper, whatever you need to buy. Do but it. don't do it on the, you know, as Amazon, they have these things where you can reload monthly. No. And I don't fall for that trap. Now, they might offer you a discount, but don't do it. Don't do it because then we don't help get, us. We're not going to. Yeah, we don't get money. Yeah, so please don't do that. Don't anyway. do anything where we don't get money. That's, that's a rule. Go through your day. Everybody that's, go through your day. That's a rule for life. I mean, it's like first rule of life. Don't do anything where Kaplan and Turner don't make money. Should we get to Lost in America? Yeah, let's play that music. Play the music. All right, we're back, Kaplan. We're both lost in America this week. We're both lost in America this past weekend in New York City. What, yeah. what happened? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm here trying to be a good parent. Sure. I'm trying to still be productive. I, we talked about the Tribeca Film Festival. Every night I got events, there's parties. I'm rallying on the address. I mean, You're I, partying? I, I did load management. I was not partying like I used to party. Oh. I was taking some nights off when I could here or there. Responsible, Responsible partying. Responsible partying, but a lot of events on my feet all day. I'm tired. Saturday, Saturday was closing night. I had to work that night. I was up late Friday night, but I got up. I, I woke myself up at like 8.20 a.m., which is Saturday actually morning. late for me, but I, it's like I, I, I slept in a little bit, rallied. I walked the dog. I got the kids breakfast. I got the kids at soccer. That's what I'm getting Just to. a belly full of booze. I, yeah, a belly the full. The night before. Not, not a belly full. If my Dr. Shaw's listening, not a belly full. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> coming off the heart attack. Yeah, but... It's like a lot of mental energy, even if you're sober and not having a heart attack, to get kids just for soccer. You got these shin guards on, you got the shoes on. It's very, it's a lot of effort. Got to get them in the car, got to go. They both had soccer, back to back games. Teddy plays, and then Ruby's in a little, like, in like a little league that's like not even games. They're just like the four year olds when they learn to play. Yeah. So we're going down the road. We're going to make it there in time. And all of a sudden, roads closed. So I'd make a left and down this, to go another way. And all of a sudden, 
I'm another road's closed. Yes. And I cannot, I'm sitting in traffic, sitting in traffic. All of a sudden it's 10, 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by, 25. I can't get, I keep driving. I'm sitting in all this traffic and people are doing that thing where they give up and they're just doing U-turns into the other, into oncoming traffic. They're going home. They're, yeah. But I'm like, we got to get there. If we get there by 1030, we get there for the second half. Oh my God. And thank God I didn't have snack duty, by the way, because I was thinking, what if I have snack duty? I'd have to make it there because that's like your number one responsibility as a parent on a team. How are they going to get Capri the, Sun? Yeah, they need their oranges and yeah. slices. So finally, at 10 30, I realized that the last, like, we're so far away still. And I'm looking at the map, and like every road is closed. So I see a cop roll down the window, and I ask uh, Randy to ask the cop, you know, while we're sitting in traffic, what, because there's no sign saying what's so the what's problem. So what's going on? And he says, oh, we're, you know, we, we have, we're, there was a little race today. Well, was there the New York City Marathon? Was there the no? No, there was just some random charity race. But what was it? I never found out the name of it. It was just like a ran, like a little like five k or something or like a, no. But it took over New York t- City. No. So on Sunday, that was this is Saturday. Well, that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, I had to come into the city to get Teddy's cake. Yeah. And it was raining, so I wanted to drive. And I'm driving again. It gets trapped in a whole thing where everything's detoured. And I realize, oh fuck, it's the five borough bike tour. Now that's a big one. The five borough bike. The entire tour. city shut down because people want to ride their fucking bikes. It's so like, ridiculous. It's, ride your bike. Any, it, you have every. This is America. You have three thousand miles of places to ride your bikes that don't include New York City. Yeah, and how about you stay out of New York City? And all these people, like, I'm fine with the marathon. It's like a, an event. I'm not. All right, well, get in, rid of them too. <laughs> get rid of anyone wanting to exercise in New York City. <laughs> there is. You could go to any park. There's a Central Park. Do it in the middle of there. Wait. Do it in. Uh, Go do it in Kansas. I'm saying like maybe as an extreme example, I'll accept them because it's like people come and it's a big thing. But like all these other little races, like how you say, like people who put like stickers on their cars because they ran a half marathon. or they Exactly. Ran a 5K. It's like you're going to run 5K. I got to shut out. Everyone in New York City is inconvenienced or like you want to ride your bike around town. So we're all inconvenienced. It's not a race. No. It's a bike tour. So like there's no winner. It's also it's you a- can post it on Instagram so you can go home to wherever you're from and you can tell people you rode a bike through New York City. Guess who's the- – we don't care. Yeah, no. Because literally to get from I'm in Queens to get to Brooklyn, there's a bridge, and that bridge is closed for yes. that bike tour. It's completely closed. Close so the whole bike bridge. Bikers can go over. Yeah. And there's like, then you got to go The one artery the- in, and not to get too close to home, but these are arteries into and out of New York City. Oh, now they're now, clogging your now, arteries. Now you're triggering me. You're giving New York City a heart attack. And then you were, tra- didn't have any, this affected you, right? This That's is my, yeah, church on Sunday morning, they do an announcement at the very beginning. They go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so our normal pastor who's here every week, she's on vacation. So our backup pastor is going to be here. <laughs> Well, there's a backup guy. Yeah, the back, backup lady. It's by like a the substitute way. teacher. 2019. Kind of backup lady. lady. Yeah, she. You call a pastor a lady? You call her a pastorette or something? <laughs> a pastor. She's a rocket. <laughs> a backup lady, pastor, I think is the correct term. She's she's uh, stuck in traffic from this five boroughs br- uh, bridge. What is it called? Bike. Pray among yourselves? Yeah, it's like no. He goes. We don't know. We'll we'll try to figure it out as we go along. Right. And so then every like regular ass people have to stand up and lead different aspects of it, and nobody well, knows what to do. I mean, it's like, they kind of remember because they've seen it before. It'd be like somebody, some listener of our podcast, who's all of a sudden has to host it. They go, we I don't do know. That. I think they start with the. They start with the news. Or they you should have done with, that when I had the heart attack. Just guest host. They start with the Amazon. <laughs> I don't know. That's what everybody's doing. You should have got up there and just done some like as your sermon because someone's got to do the sermon, right? That's a big part. Exactly. Yeah. Just start doing some stand up or something. Why right? was I was gonna do. I was gonna pull out some bits, some old bits. I didn't want to burn any new material, <laughs> but I would do some old bits. But then, luckily, halfway through, she she shows up. Oh, okay, and she's huffing and puffing. Was she pissed off? But she's she a was, progressive church. This she must be pro bikes. No, sorry. she was pretty pissed. Oh, she's pissed off. Yeah, and she turns was, her. 
She said she almost had a heart attack on uh, 20 minutes earlier while oh. waiting in bicycle traffic. See, that's going to turn people against the bike. The whole point is everyone. I'm already against the bike. Because like Randy, I was doing this rant at home and Randy's like, but exercise is good. I'm pro. Anywhere else I'm like, it's I'm good. not against people riding bikes. I think that's great. But I'm against know, them riding in New York. Like the, the, these people, that, I get it. You don't want to get hit by a car. So you have to ride in a bike lane. <laughs> don't ride in the middle of traffic. And, yeah, ride in a bike and lane. you want to have a special day where they close everything. But no, I, they should have a special day where they close all the bikes. No bikers so I could drive around like normal speed and not have to hit anybody. Yeah. That? I bet this is what I say. <laughs> if you're allowed to ride in the car lane, there should be a special day where we can drive in the bike That's lane. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yes. Okay, yeah. Same Because traffic used to has been. But don't tell them. Since they've added so we can hit them. bike lanes to the city in the last 10 years, I've seen this happen. There's used to be routes I would take that were great ways to drive because there was never traffic, and now it's like a one-lane road because there's bike lane on one side, and they got to park the cars in the middle of the street to make lane for the bike lane, which is so confusing. I never know how to park. I never know if it's legal. It's really weird to parallel park. You know what I mean? Have you seen these? Sure. Where it's like literally in the middle of the street, just park cars. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. All this these, is every city in America, by yeah, the way. All this whole these, country's gone to hell. These fucking bikers. We got to like, move to Japan yeah, with Ollie. And, and, and <laughs> we might do that. Yeah. That reminds me. I still have to teach Teddy to ride the bike. This, this hard text is my excuse if I'm putting it off, but. I got to get going soon. He's seven years old. He does, he's seven now. It's he's, about time. It's time. He's, I started to teach him when he was five. Gave up at six. We straight gave up. Seven. We got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. So he's on uh, the borderline of being made fun of by other kids. Yeah, I did see home movies and I was like seven and training wheels. My dad was a big failure, I guess, too. So oh, seven. Oh, I think okay. seven's when I learned. So this is the year. This All right. Year. So this is the year. Yeah. Should it, we get through it's, our, it's, well, you, you, you know what it is? You're like the, either is special or you're like, oh, that's a single mom family or something yeah because then you're like he or his dad's a deadbeat or he's never home oh, so it's making me look like i'm never around yes dad's not around someone's got to teach that kid to ride a bike so I don't want to be that no so we, should we get to our guest ollie horn come on come in. on in man Back with our guest Ollie Horn. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Yes, Pig in Japan is the name of the show. Yeah. What is it? Uh, that's my debut stand-up comedy hour. Uh, so you know how the British system works. Uh, comics they take a new show up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every single year, um, and you can't do that every year uh, unless you have a debut show. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing my debut. Um, and I was given some advice by someone that knows a lot about marketing. And they were like, the best show titles, if you can't think of like a really good one, is like three or four words max and includes a pun and has some keyword that's searchable. And Pig in Japan has all three of those criteria thoroughly met. What, what part's searchable? Japan. Japan. People if someone's Japan. interested about seeing a sh- seeing a show about Japan, oh, or if someone's interested in pigs of Japan, yeah, like, w- if someone's really into or animals, pork. I'm a big pork fan. You're big. You always look. At I pork. just look up pigs sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where I can get a good good feed. That's like your porn. A good meal. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but th- there is actually there's like a, a slightly hidden meaning that I don't talk about in the show. But like basically, the show is all about uh, the fact that I lived in Japan for four years and for two, uh, and a bit of those years I was working. Uh, like for the local media so I was on TV doing radio that kind of thing uh, doing some stand up in Japanese and like a lot of the shows about like how you know this it's just so hard to fit in as a foreigner um, and kind of talking about stereotypes blah 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 and the one time where I like had a racial slur said against me was I was coming back from a night out and uh, speaking English to my Japanese friend and this Japanese guy shouts at us um, and says 
in Japanese, white pig go home. Shit'll be bad. <laughs> right? And like, that's what, that's like what we're called as like, that's our N word. For white the pig, Japanese white people, pig. white pig. How do you say it in Japanese? Shirobuta. 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 Are you my Shirobuta? I'm going to teach that to all my black friends to be a more, <laughs> it's more clever than calling us a cracker or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that's kind of interesting, right? That like we have our own, and like when there's like, like right wing rally, uh, rallies in Japan, which there are quite a lot these days. Really? Uh, yeah, they'll have those kind of signs. And the right wings are against white people. In Japan, yeah, weird. Well, so they're, fascinating. well, they're kind of like Puritans, right? Obviously, they they mainly hate Koreans, which have like sure ethnic, like which are ethnically Japanese, but four generations ago might have whoa, been, might don't have, tell them that might have been to Korea on a boat trip, and they're like, wow, still not pure. And, and then who's next? Chinese or uh, yeah, they're not the the right wingers aren't big fans of the Chinese. I don't think they know enough about black people. I just think, um, I mean, blackface like is still a thing in Japan. Like there was an actor that kind of had to say sorry for blacking up in a commercial just last year. They said sorry? Yeah. In China, they don't say, they even know it's bad. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They're still doing it, but there's no sorry. There's just like, oh, it's, why Why would I apologize? It's hilarious. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> dox, dox him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it can be both hilarious and inappropriate, can't it? Uh, but like, there was, there was, I remember there was a big uproar um, because ANA, uh, which is one of the, the national airlines of Japan, did a commercial where they like stereotyped a white guy and this white guy like had blonde hair, blue eyes, and like a massive nose. Mm-hmm. And like the the whole point of the commercial was these guys had comically large noses. And it was really funny. But obviously like <laughs> white people in Japan got really cross because they haven't got they any- did? Well, they haven't got anything to get cross about, have they? It's the oh, best gosh. life. I mean, are they Jewish people? Because like Jewish people get offensive by uh, when people make fun of our nose because that's like a thing. But there's no stereotype on white noses in general. So Well, like, <laughs> but it is. It- no, it is. Like a uh, big nose is a thing that a- Asian people think white people have. We, uh, yeah. All white people? Like me. Oh, yeah. not even, it's not a Jewish thing. It's not, it's not oh, as, wow. um, it's not as like, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's not, they don't look so deep into it to know right. the difference between Jew and Gentile. That's right. not a conversation. <laughs> right. Well, I know. I, that don't, I, don't, I don't think the a advert kind of went to those nuances. Yeah. I don't think it was a flight to Jerusalem. The, <laughs> it's just literally white people have big noses. It's right. a stereotype. Oh, oh my God. They, they say two it, things. Yeah. They say white people have big noses and small faces. And I remember the first time I went <laughs> to Japan. I got compliment. Like, I didn't know it was a compliment, but people were saying to me in English, oh, your face is so small. And, and, you and, do have a small face. Oh, stop it. <laughs> that was just me fishing for compliments. No, but, but like, apparently it's an actual thing, but a small face doesn't mean your head is small. And by the way, it is. I recently, for the first time, put on a motorcycle helmet and I fitted in a small one. So, you know. Wow. Wow. That's, Up- upset. That's news. What do they say about people with small faces? That's why I know how far it goes. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're, they're cute because the facial features have to be like the eyes are closer together. Like the eyes are close to the nose. The mouth is close. You know what I mean? It's like a, I mean. It's all scrunchied up. I've just done a scrunchied up kind of hand gesture. I think I have a for, the, uh, for the listening audience, Ollie, what are you, six foot three? You're a big guy. I'm a big guy. I wouldn't say I'm six foot three, but I stand like I am. You're taller than you used to be. Do you know what? It's really interesting. I'm you, not kidding. When we no, met, we're we met in, taller than we used to be. Well, no, we met true. in 2015, yeah. and I swear you're taller now. So I think Turner has a point. I think two things might have happened. One, I'm still a young man. It's possible that I could still be growing. How uh, old are you, 30? I'm 27. I'm a baby. Oh, you are? Yeah. Right. Now, so... But you don't grow between... 23, you don't usually start growing. Oh, 20... I don't know. Maybe like 25, you stop. But this is what's interesting. It's not true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, well, that's the thing. You can't say that's I don't thing. know. Yeah. And that makes you uh, right. That's, maybe, that's, maybe that's the way to win arguments. We just 
don't know, do we? He's like a freak. He's growing later. Ah, you're definitely taller. Well, I definitely got heavier. So how did that happen? If we can't yeah, if we keep growing, yeah. I definitely have continued to grow. Sure. Thanks. I think I win on a technicality. Okay. <laughs> on an unhealthy technicality. You're all, yeah, you're also bigger in general. Than all right, mate. Now. Uh, <laughs> a few years ago. That's why Pig in Japan is an excellent title. Now, I worked really hard about, would have been about 18 months ago now, on my posture. Because ah. I, I realized, living in, obviously living in Japan, I'm way taller than people anyway. And even like tall people, I was still like crouching over. A lot of Japanese societies, like loads are bowing. And also I just, <laughs> I, just, I just don't think I was carrying myself very well. So I watched these YouTube videos of these like chiropractors in the US. Sure. And followed them religiously. And it genuinely improved my posture. Wait. So much so that, here's, here's a really interesting uh, thing that happened to me. I was in uh, Seoul doing some shows. And uh, I stayed in like a hostel thing, but like private rooms. So it was like, we weren't sharing rooms. It was like a communal area, which I went into. And this British guy who was like clearly just there to game the whole time. Like he definitely not left the hostel. But he came out of his room occasionally just to see what social events were going on. So he could like acknowledge they were there and then go back and game. That's what is game? Like game, you know, computer game. Like he said that he brought his gaming rig with him well, on holiday. To play video career. games? I it was yeah. like to game like girls. That's no, what I thought like, you meant. Yeah, <laughs> no. To like hit on girls. I'm Get like, your that's minds why, out that's why the gutter. Everyone stays in a hostel. Yeah. That's I, a I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, in Japan. Like this, this. You fly to another country just to play video games? Well, that's what he said. Like, but he says that. Well, like, he, does, he said that he, he did some, some job which was like a warehouse job and he said it pays him enough that he can spend three months a year just like going to places and game and that's what he loves. And he preferred to game abroad than at his mum's house because that's not cool. Yeah, you're seeing the world. Right. <laughs> well, no. Okay, go ahead. Right. So, so he said, "Are you going to join the like some nonsense like you know kimchi making and that stuff?" And he went, "Oh, one of those cultural things." Yeah. He said, "Are you going to join that?" Oh, tonight? I said, it's "No." Like one of these douchey like doorman buildings in New York could have like few yeah. nights. Yeah. Same thing nights. at a hostel now. <laughs> and and I said, "Oh, I won't be joining that." He said, "Oh, what are you doing?" I said, oh, "I'm actually um doing a stand up comedy show just around the corner." He went, "Oh, you're you're a comedian?" I went, "Yeah, yeah." And he went, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like a comedian." Right, which isn't him saying you look like a clown. It was clearly him commenting on my, on my posture because I just spent the previous thirty minutes doing one of these exercises, and I was standing like I own the place. Wow! Right, and I do, I do think that that show of confidence was what made him go, Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So you have better self confidence. You better have extended your spine or something if you really do posture. You do look like, different, but I will. Say, yeah, having better self confidence posture, posture. than a. Uh, Traveling video game player. <laughs> you impressed is not the highest bar. You impressed a traveling video game player. But it is fascinating, isn't That's it? Like the biggest level of loser I could ever think of. <laughs> yeah, it really like I think the guy who stays at home and plays his mom's house is uh, cooler in a way. At least he's, he's not, not wasting, wasting money. money on a flight to never leave a hostel. Don't forget, this place was cheap to stay in as well. It was only oh, like right. twenty dollars a night. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> So what? Okay, so you start out in uh, in you're from uh, you went to Oxford, right? Yeah. And then you moved to Japan as a lawyer, and then you immediately fall into television. Yeah. So what and, happened uh, was I stand up comedy. Yeah. How does that? How does that all take place? So I uh, I did. So I studied law uh, at Oxford. I did uh, an exchange year in Paris, where I studied uh, the philosophy of law because uh, I was looking for an interesting way to get girls. Sure. Right. And and that's when I first saw live stand-up comedy. Like I'd seen 
kind of comedians in big theaters, and I'd seen uh, stand-up comedy on TV, and that's when I first saw like an open mic. In right? France? Yeah, because there was like, oh. there, was, there was like, you know, student-y expat-y things to do, you, you, you know, you, you know the score. And so I went to this little theater, it was called the, the Soul Gymnase, above a proper theater, maybe 60 seats. At the time it would have felt bigger, I suppose. Um, and like I watched it and I was like, oh, for the first time, oh, it's people like me that are doing stand-up, right? Uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to write some stand-up for this. I want to do it next time because everyone seemed really popular and cool. Yeah. Little denied her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, obviously, and at the time I was Skyping my friends back home, uh, like telling them all stories about like dating French girls and doing a terrible job. And I was like, I'll definitely talk about that. And then uh, I got a girlfriend, which is annoying because I was like, if I then do this open mic and she hears this out, it's it. Yeah, sure. I thought you were like, oh, I'm going to blow up so big immediately that I can't have a Yeah, yeah, now you me get me tied down because <laughs> two, two open mics in, you're going to be on TV signing autographs. <laughs> well, exactly. That's... That was my that was my chief concern. No, but I was like, you know, I, either I don't tell her I'm doing this, but then we were like part of the same friendship group. We, she would have found out. She definitely would have wanted to go see, and you know, I would have said stuff that she wouldn't have wanted to hear. So I I, I was sat on this like ten minutes of material. But then when I went back to Oxford, all my friends or like the majority of them had graduated because I like took that year out. So you just didn't do it because you, you had never the did girl it. that you didn't want to see. Yeah, you didn't want her to know your real self. Yeah, you could have just done it on a night when she was like. You knew she was like sick or yeah. yeah. Maybe I didn't think it through, but so you, but I went back to Oxford and all my friends had graduated because they had all you know done their finals uh, while I was uh, out in France uh, with girls. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Is it, it for the record? Yeah. Yeah, for the record, you had sex in France. Well, we got that part. Put that in the record. It's yeah. in pod. We wanted it out. We will not continue this podcast until everyone's caught up on that. Are you keeping all the up? listeners all understand? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So continue. <laughs> we don't need to dwell on it too much, but <laughs> please <let's> dwell. <laughs> and so um, Oxford has this comedy society called the Oxford Review. Harry Armpits, which or? is like Harry Armpits. What are you talking about? The French girls. Oh, God. You're, you're just dwelling. I thought you would name. I, on, I thought you were like naming. The name of, naming yeah, naming what the name it, of the county review. Yeah, yeah, right. Because that, that is a classic lame name for a okay. for a Broken sketch teeth. group. What, hey guys, what should we call ourselves? What are the hairy armpits? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do over it. Uh, and the Ox it's like the Cambridge Footlights, right? Only not as good. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You've not heard of the Cambridge Footlights? Well, that shows what an egocentric view of the world I have. It's like where so you know Monty Python. Yeah, that's sure. the the student society where that cast met. Okay, right, and like loads of you know Stephen Fry, you know lots of British national treasures have come from. The Cambridge version. Oxford also has a version which had Mr. Bean in once, Got and so it. that's that's how that works. Normally, you're supposed to join in your first year or your second year, really. I didn't because I wasn't really interested in doing comedy back then. Uh, but I was like, hey, can I, you know, turn up to a couple of meetings? Can I get on one of your shows? Um, and so I did. I did like a ten minute spot, and obviously, just because I was like a bit older and kind of had the not really giving a shit attitude because I wasn't keen like all these first years, I did well compared to the other people. And they were like, we haven't got a host for the next couple of shows. No one wants to host it because we're all doing sketches. Do you want to host it? So that was my first like proper stage time. Um, then graduated from Oxford. What about the girl? Did she break up with her right now? Oh, uh, like, yeah. She, she was, she'd already. But literally by the time I'd started my first semester back in Oxford, she'd, um, she Skyped me saying she was never going to see me. She, she heard about your <laughs> She's set. like, I want to go. <laughs> She's like, I dreamed of dating a comic. You didn't do it. I'm, I, like, I moved on. Word has come across the channel <laughs> that you bombed at oh, the yeah. Oxford Review. The hairy armpits. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the hairy armpits are the worst group in the colonies. Yeah. And uh, our relationship's over. So. Yeah. Um, 
so, so that's so that's basically what happened. I then, uh, rather than do this, I was like, I'm going to do something else. So I uh, applied for this like scholarship program to do postgraduate research in law in Japan. Um, but before that started, I then went to Hong Kong to work as a like as an intern as a judicial assistant. Well, ostensibly to do that, I was actually f chasing a girl. <laughs> and what happened was that literally the day I arrived in Hong Kong, she flew off and met her boyfriend in America. <laughs> oh, wow. she, so Did she coming. know you were chasing her? Yeah, I'd made it really clear. Like, like I'm getting out of the country. There could have been there could have been no doubt, Turner. She's like, words come through the colony. <laughs> the area so, I, so, 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 I sent her loads I'm of out. messages on loads of platforms. She definitely knew. Yeah. And so I was in Hong Kong for like three months, and that's when I Is that it, when we met? Well, it would have been, this would have been 2014, so maybe we would have met the year after, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I met Nick Milnes. He was only like five foot eight at the time. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Was I, I was about <laughs> nay high. Uh, so that's where I met Nick Milnes. I did um, an open mic at Take Out Comedy. Uh, I did the Brew House open mic on the Wednesday. So uh, when you get to Japan, you already have in mind that I'm going to do a comedy scene here. Well, no. So what happened was I, I, didn't, I had, didn't really think that far ahead because I was really doing this to like, as a way of meeting people. I was expecting to spend three months with the love of my life. Turns out I wasn't. I, was, I had no friends there. And so when I arrived to Fukuoka in the south of Japan, turned up, then, then like a month or two in, I was like, hey, I want to do some comedy. Googled... Have there, has there ever been any comedy in Kyushu, this whole island? And like seven years ago, a German guy did an improv night. Once. Yeah, Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. like found, found it online. It's kind of like how it was for me too. And so then I, I found Raw Comedy in Osaka, which had started maybe three years prior, run by a Daggers. And uh, he never responded to my emails originally. And then I also messaged the Tokyo Comedy Store, uh, who at the time was run by Dave Gutteridge. Again, didn't respond to my emails. And so, and so I, I just he didn't. He, that's the guy that didn't book uh, Hannibal Burris, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that guy. Yeah. Hannibal Burris he came regrets to that. Japan yeah. uh -huh. and was there for like a couple nights on a vacation. Yeah. Uh, tell me, st stop me if I'm wrong with this. Was on their vacation with his like his family or his friends, and he looked up like Googled like comedy right, in Japan, a, and he saw there was an open mic night that night down the street. Uh -huh. So he emailed the guy like, "Hey, can I come by and run some time tonight?" And the guy was like, "Sorry, bro, we're full." Did you know who and it then was? he just didn't get up. But 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 Dave, but what what I understand what I understand was it's a legendary story. Yeah, he's gonna break the Cosby news there. What I understand was he, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, Dave Dave regrets this to this day. Oh yeah. sure. Uh, Dave replied to that email saying, we're, we're egalitarian at the Tokyo Comedy Store. We don't care how famous you are. And he listed a couple of comics that were less famous than, than Harold Bryson. You could be. You could be Andy Curtin. Yeah, exactly. You Turn could sports. be. You could be Paul Johnson. What a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well done. We still wouldn't let you in. Uh, and so, cause you could be Joe Schaefer. Because I, I didn't want to tread on any toes because I was like, maybe someone like runs like a monthly night and then they'd be really yeah, yeah, annoyed yeah. if I set one up. And so I realized that there wasn't one. So then I went uh, to like the, I sent an email to the editor of the local expat paper saying, have you ever heard of anything? And he went, no, but it's a great idea. I'll help, I'll help you market it if you want. He gave me some suggestions of international bars I could go to. So I went to like six or seven different bars. I didn't know much about running a night, but I kind of knew what worked in Hong Kong and, and the UK. And found this bar uh, in like the kind of club district of Fukuoka uh, called CC Cafe, tiny little bar. And the two owners, one owner was a, a, a Japanese guy, one owner was a like, kind of Korean American. Uh, both really up for it. Both understood what stand-up comedy was, which like most people in Japan don't. And they were like, okay, we'll do it. So then they put a bit of money behind it. They literally built a stage. We bought lighting and, you know, we made it look as legit as we could. And there was only about 45 seats 
but we crammed people in. We, you know, we had sold out our first night. We did a monthly show. Um, and basically because, uh, you know, because of the, the friends I made in Hong Kong, there were loads of people that were like keen to kind of come over and... So you found the original comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were keen to fly out uh, until we can get better people. Like me. <laughs> yeah, you came out. <laughs> was, I in the, was, I, was I in the better people? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nice. Yeah. No Hannibal Berry. It was also like less than $100 for me to fly there and fly back to Shanghai. Yeah. For some reason, that's this crazy flight. So what about the TV stuff? Because you started stand-up comedy, then you're on TV. What are some crazy... Like, when I think of Japanese television... I think of crazy. It's insane, right? <laughs> it's people trying to run up a mountain and then a boulder crushing them. Yeah. Um, it's like people uh, like literally dying on in the middle of a game show. Yeah. What did you do? Well, I wish I had stories Seizure, like that. A lot of seizures, right? Yeah. A lot of seizures. Because <laughs> the lights... I think the only reason we see these kind of shows is because they are kind of exceptional. The vast majority of Japanese TV is absolute guff. It's really boring, formulaic, self-congratulatory guff. About what? Just about Japan. Japanese TV is obsessively talking about Japan. And what's really funny is anytime, like, anything else in the world is going on, they have to find a Japanese lens through which to view it. Sure. And, and so that's kind of what, the times when I was on TV, it was always like speaking about what happens abroad. I was never a representative of the UK or there. You were the world? I was the rest of the, the world. world. I was othered. <laughs> so what'd you say about us? Uh, were you a real sellout? Were you like, yes, the world is definitely... 100%. Everyone bows to Japan. So I, is it like a news program? Japan's the best. Program where you'd be like, so, so I, I did... Um, uh, I did a weekly radio report, which was live, and that, that I would like go to like some festival or some you know, outdoor food, I don't know, something Japanese, and then kind of talk about it and say if there's an equivalent in, in, uh, in the rest of the world. <laughs> the rest of the world. Uh, and it was really funny. Like, they were making me like, you know, I went to like a, a sparkling wine festival. They were like, can you read us all, all the names of the Italian wines authentically? And I was like, yeah. I doubt we have a single Italian listener that's going to comment. And even if they do listen, they're not going to email in. I, so I tell a story in the show. Wait, was this question, was this yeah. radio show in English or in Japanese? In Japanese, yeah, yeah. That's and cool. and that, that's what I kind of owe me speaking relatively good Japanese. Like my Japanese is not that good, but I sound really persuasive in Japanese. And that's partly because uh, one of the people uh, who produced the segment was part of the management that I was with. Uh, and basically she would like write the scripts for me and every time before we'd start, she'd go through the whole script, help with any words I didn't know. And, you know, that really, really helped, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I, so I tell one story in the show where I did sell out a bit where I just said that in the UK that we don't have kites. They invented them in Japan? Because yeah. you could tell that's what they wanted? Yeah, because I was like, was, you don't have this in your country, right? No, I was right? like, no, the first time I ever saw a kite was here. I get that question all the time when I'm yeah. in China. I mean, they have kites in the most like third world Wait, countries. So, so. <laughs> did they invent the kite, Japanese? No, uh, didn't Benjamin Franklin? You yeah, did. I thought Benjamin <laughs> the kite doesn't need inventing, does it? It sure does. I kites don't, know. don't just appear out of the. I always thought air. kites were like a military thing. Why? Ah. You should really look this up, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what no one knows. What no, one no one knows. knows. Uh, so what happens with the, the kite story? Well, that's. I mean, that is the beginning and the end of the story. He I just, Japan I just, de I just declared that there are no kites. I was at anything. when I was in China two weeks ago. I was at a dinner and so, and they served shrimp, and someone at the table said to me, <laughs> "Shrimp? They don't have shrimp in America, do they?" Amazing. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I think they have shrimp everywhere in the world." Yeah, anywhere where there's a sea, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. But clearly, they wanted me to say no. 
You might be like, no, no, no. This yeah, is exactly. Only in China you, you can, can never get work for Chinese TV. You can get stripped. Yeah. But, but th- this is something that I do think unites the world. That like people are so persuaded of the lens through which they see the world that whatever they see is the standard, right? Then anything else in the world is 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 like different to that standard, right? The, yeah. the way they see the world is the standard right. by which the world should be measured. And so we're so guilty of kind of betraying that bias by asking people about, about what's different in their country rather than what's the same. Like people are so persuaded that they're not like other people, but loads of people are like them. Yes. Wait, what? I don't think people are like me personally. But no, I get what you're saying. If he th- if everyone, whoever we are in the world. Turner's still trying to process what I yeah. just said. <laughs> I'm waiting for Cap to explain people it. People see the world through, you know, how they, how they live. They just think that's the life. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, all, exactly. You know, that's why when you came back to America, you were so lost because you, you saw the world through the Chinese lens. Yes, very <laughs> true. He was so lost. It's a shaky premise. <laughs> I mean, is it not true? <laughs> Have you hung out with me? Yeah, no, it is. I, I, com- I completely agree. And, and I've, uh, it's just so difficult also just to explain exactly what that life is like to people that haven't lived it. It's impossible. You almost don't want to. It's like, it doesn't, you know, you just No one really cares. You can't imagine, say, living in the UK or living here and only going to one of six bars because they're the only bars which, like, you're not going to have hassle and there's going to be people that you know there, right? Yeah, but that actually is more... I think you can in America because it's like going to college... In college towns, Uh, that's what bars are like. There's, like, six bars where the college kids go to. That's interesting. And then there's the... Because they're all cheap and, like, they let in underage kids. And kids who go abroad, then they fall into that where they only go to, like, six bars in, like... London or somewhere. Yeah, because so like, it's those that, are like the places where they I always know. try to tell people that it's like a college life, but extended for as long as you want it. Right. And if you go until you're like, like you're about the age, pretty good. I don't know when you're thinking of leaving. Oh, I've left. Oh, you're out. Well, I have to because otherwise I will stay forever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's so good. Be, you don't want to be the forty year old and then who's just like, just <laughs> life's in the I gutter. I know. I know. Yeah, well, like, that, so that, that's that, basically that was my concern. I was living in this uh, great apartment. It was like $450 a month for a two-bedroom apartment in the center of town. Yeah. That, the international airport has like direct flights to Europe, direct flights to San Francisco. It's like a good international airport. I was, you know, I was doing loads of really interesting projects, but uh, I was like, I, can't, I just can't do this forever. So this is you, le- you're gone now. I think so. Well, that, I mean, certainly the conclusion of the show is that I've left. So that would be annoying if I haven't because I've got to rewrite that. Well, that's like, uh, what's her name? The lady, the, the lady who... The Australian lady who did the stand-up thing about how she was quitting comedy. Oh, that's what he... <laughs> and then she didn't quit. Oh, yeah. This was... Um, Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby. Gatsby yeah. That's him. So what are you... He's where are you moving to? Hannah Gatsby of Japan. I, yeah, you're the Hannah Gatsby. If you, if you, don't, if you don't move. <laughs> Should I put that on my poster? You're really pulling a Hannah Gatsby. Uh, so I don't know. That's... that's Yeah. So I'm... As, so as of next week, I'm uh, valiantly... Allowing my mum to move back in with me in her house. In in her house. Where you so you're moving in with your mom. 100%. Where, what time? Cher- I was, I was going to say, there's no room in New York City for you. Cherish them. I see he's got his <laughs> luggage here, so I was like, he's just going to go. Or- <laughs> hey, you got to go somewhere. So, I mean, so basically, the, the, way, um, the way that I think about it is, I like there are enough festivals in the world which you can like, spend a month at a time, and it's better if you spend long times at these festivals, like, the, like Edinburgh, like Adelaide, like Perth. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, you know, occupied the last six to eight months. I'm thinking about moving back to the UK, but I need to spend a bit of time there to know whether I want to. The next like big thing in my kind of comedy diary is is the the Fringe um, in in August, and so uh, you know that that's kind of in Edinburgh. Yeah, 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll get incredibly bored because I do think one one thing that I quite liked about living in Japan is there's always something to do, which is going to occupy like loads of your brain power for as long as you need it to. So like, if you want to make a particular kind of bank transfer in a Japanese ATM, what happens is like the English menu only goes so far. So like, they'll translate it into English up to like reset your pin and withdraw money. But the moment it's like you've got to do anything like, like an adult would do, it's all in Japanese. And that's when it's like, well, I literally could be in a, an hour now, just, you know, looking at characters and sending money to the wrong person and calling <laughs> them, asking for it back. There's also uh, in the in expat lifestyle, there's the thing where no one really has families. No one's mom is having a birthday this weekend. And so they have to go home and they can't go out. Yeah, well, like no one's families are around. So everybody's basically single, even if they're married or in a relationship. The other the person they're with doesn't have their extended family either. Yeah. So everybody's hanging out all the time. Yeah. Whenever you move back, people don't hang out as much because everyone has obligations all over the place. Yeah, that, I, I think that, I think that's probably true. And, and I think and don't forget the kind of the kind of people that are predisposed to moving abroad do tend to be the people that are up for new experiences. Yeah. You know, they do tend to be somewhat interesting. And so, you know, they, they are, on average, pretty more interesting people than you'd meet. Or back delaying in adulthood. People, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. The people 100%. who won't go abroad are the people who, like, won't go to a good party because, like, Game of Thrones is on or something. They're just like... They're not those people. They're like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So exactly. When you come back, you're, you enter a world yeah. where you won't do anything. Yeah. Especially as you get older. Although, so. I, 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 did, I did try and make this point uh, on, on the radio once in Japan that a lot of the Japanese... A lot of the Americans that Japanese people meet are there because like they're absolutely obsessed with manga or anime or whatever part of Japanese culture it is. Yeah. And then they move to Japan. And we call those people creeps. <laughs> right. Well, there's a Japanese word for it, otaku. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, but then, which otaku. then, which then they've... That the, that's different than white pig. Uh, no, otaku, <laughs> otaku, so, otaku in Japanese, like if, if you use the word to a Japanese person, otaku means like, otaku. It's, it's worse than a nerd. It's right? like someone that's like really kind of reclu reclusive. Joe Schaefer. Well, nerds are cool now, but it matters about otakus. Not otakus. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be cool than otaku, but like these Americans of like, well, not just Americans, Europeans too, uh, Australians, New Zealand, white yeah, so people. I know the people. They're they've so they've like re reclaimed this word. So like they, they like on their Twitter profile, they'll say you know otaku. Oh, they're proud. Of it's it. like the uh, incels or whatever, right? The guys right. who can't get laid and like that's their identity now. So they don't yeah, get laid. Well, the, the Japanese. Have you heard of these people? No. Yeah, they're on the internet. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a, a whole. It's like a um. It's a subset of society of men who can't get laid. Right, well, that's a lot of men, but then you don't, you don't, you don't. No, they like, group together it. and then like they're proud oh, of they it. They just say like, "Fuck it, we're doing this intentionally." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's really good is on the records of this podcast, we know that I couldn't possibly form part of that group of no. people. No, no, exactly. Well we all heard it was all the way it. back You're, in twenty thirteen. No one in armpits. In Paris, was, France. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, what so, do they think of you? What do Japanese people think of a big bumbling uh, British guy <laughs> walking down? Calm the down. Well, wow. <laughs> so, so that so that that's kind of my point that I didn't come to Japan with like a desperate desire to like I'd literally never read a manga novel in my life. I'd not watched. Never heard anime. of that manga. Manga. I don't know. You know what manga is? No. Like like comic books. Manga. Manga. Comic books. Oh, comic books. I mean, I'm not into I comic know books. I know what comic books are. are. I don't know what manga is. It's like Japanese comic it's books. It's like this. Okay. Crap, yeah. I know anime. Anime. Sure. And like, you know, and like the people that go, these are people that like their whole cultural identity is 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 based on on loving this thing. Right? They go yeah. to conventions. They, I'm not even kidding. Joe Schaefer is one of these people. They get dressed really? up, cosplay. Yeah. He moved to Japan first and then came to China. Right. Oh, Shout late. out, Joe. You're he a, a, a kaku or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he gets late though. No, so he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. Clear that up. 
And but. these... <laughs> these people He's been to France <laughs> He's been to France <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, the, that's the code for getting laid yeah. Joe Schaefer's been to France once or twice yeah. Once or twice being in a taco Paul Schaefer I mean Paul, Paul, Paul Johnson I'm not sure Not so much <laughs> Paul Johnson's not been to France <laughs> So these people so anyway, Paul Johnson anyway, hadn't been to France until he'd, until he'd left Germany Sure, you're right. <laughs> when he was a, uh, if you go back and listen, Mormon, Mormon, he had a whole, we had a we podcast just, with him about being Mormon in Germany. Well, there we go. Uh, so back to the Ikakus. So, so basically, the, I, I tried to explain to Japanese people that the, like, the vast majority of foreigners that you're meeting in Japan are not representative of right. like, foreigners in the rest of the world. Oh, like, yeah. Right? Like, these are people that like, like Japanese have a, like, a crazy overestimation of quite how popular their popular culture is because they're, they're meeting like Westerners that are obsessed by it. Sure. Right. And so I could see that. Yeah. And so, and so like, you know, I think back to like someone like my mum. So your, your whole job is like, calm down Japanese. Yeah. You're not as cool as you think. Get you over are. yourself. I mean, you did invent the kite, but you're not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the kite. Besides that, <laughs> by the way, great job on that. <laughs> I'm going to bring one back. <laughs> And, and so, like, because I, I didn't have that kind of burning desire, Japanese people, like, they're so used to kind of asking, why did you learn Japanese? And for me, it was like, well, I probably could have gone to any country that would have offered as generous a scholarship and, you know, which language I could have learned. I probably sure. wouldn't have been as happy because all I was interested in was not being in the UK. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily being in Japan. Um, but, but yeah. So you kind of cool guide him. You were like the cool guy at the bar who's not interested well, in the hot not, chick no. and then he gets her. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 they weren't. I don't know. I guess when I was younger and skinnier, I was like more like. I remember those days. More like but shorter, shorter, shorter considerably you know. shorter. Shorter, yeah, yeah. I wonder would I want to be taller and heavier? Like it's like an interesting trade-off. Like, you, you do. Yeah. Ha you walk into a room now with this with the extra. I don't. I, I don't want to say how many kilos, but also height. Let like, me put it this way: a sense of authority. When it's you in, walk into a room. the extra kilos is enough to be a luggage allowance. It's fifty pounds. I don't know what that is. What's the luggage? What do you mean a luggage allowance? To like, go to fly to get an allowance yeah, yeah. for a bag? You mean a yeah. bag allowance? Fifty <laughs> they pounds. They don't have one for. Is that like yet. twenty kilos? Turner wants to have one. Something for like that. Yeah. yeah. I've told him my whole bit. Yeah. I I think that you, it should be a combined weight. Yeah. I think that to go onto the airplane, it should be your weight, your your, your personal weight plus your bag added because, up weight. So if you weigh less, you should get more luggage allowance. Yeah. So at the check-in desk, would and you, if you're uh, yeah, you a both big guys go together. If you weigh over three hundred pounds, if the weights, if the you, combined you, weight's two fifty, get on a treadmill. They have a treadmill in the back. You can run it off. I, I would say rather than the treadmill, they should just install some like portaloos. Go on, try it. Yeah, and give you some. Uh, you can you can crap it out. <laughs> yeah. So so the Japanese people, so like everyone's back a loser. To the Akaku. What about yeah? Is there a lot of people also there for like video games and stuff? Is that like a yeah, thing? Of like video, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. Like don't forget that there are I enough mean, normal people in. Because my kid Japan. wants to take a pilgrimage there because like Sonic the Hedgehog and all. That yeah, stuff. So I need to have a good time. <laughs> don't be an Akaku. Be an Akaku. I gotta change how I'm raising him. This whole I got a question. About don't get me wrong, because there's gonna potentially there are gonna be friends that I've been in Japan that are listening to this going. I think we might have all been tarred with the same brush. Oh, that we do that every week. We don't care. Big tars. Uh, okay. here. Here's what you got to do. What Un colors the tar? Unfriend them all on social media, and you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are. It's worth it. People. Trust me. For these amount of listeners, we're gonna. Your career oh, is gonna be oh, in a new boy. place. Oh really? Big pop after this. Big should I? Pump. Should I put social media in lockdown until? Yes. I have a question about Japan. Why are that compared to the rest of um, Asia? Uh, Japan is very organized, clean. 
Asia, I guess outside of South Korea. Uh, the rest of Asia I've been to. I've not been to North Korea. The rest of the place I've been. It's very organized there. Yeah, it's very organized. Very clean. <laughs> the rest of it's very like just it's including China in this. Chaos. There's uh, scooters going everywhere, people flying all over the place. It's but it's fun, it's exciting, but it's also dirty and smells bad. But Japan is the one place that's everything's clean, everything waits, everyone waits to cross the street. Smells what happens? Nice, smells nice there. Um, so I'm probably not the best person to ask about this. Probably a Japanese person would be able to. Like, we don't know any of them. Yeah, you're our sir. You're so as close as we get. You how speak for them? How can white people find out about <laughs> other people? Get another white person to talk about it on mic. I my sus- pretty much my suspicion is what like why is Japan like markedly different culturally to the rest of Asia? It's partly I think because like they were just isolationists, so there wasn't that same amount of cross pollination, right? So like for two hundred years, Japan was like not even wanting to trade with Asia. Maybe they'd like accept some of them from the Dutch, and I think it's also just a, a byproduct of their wealth, right? Just think about how you know the Japanese economy, particularly during the eighties, was just on a different scale to anything any other Asian country they could imagine. They were supposed imagined. to crush us. They were supposed to be the ones, not China. And, and so I, I, it probably is just a byproduct of the fact that they, they've got all this wealth. They spent it on nice infrastructure. When you've got nice infrastructure, you don't really want to ruin it. Yeah. They have nice cars. you got to have nice roads. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think an, another thing that's, that's quite interesting about Japan is they do have this, this sense of, of community that doesn't exist in, in the West. And I think that's best exemplified with... Uh, in the West, we say our first names first, right? Yeah. And well, we say our, our given name first. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Japan, you'd say your surname first. Like, you, you first belong to your family, and then your first name is but a subset. Well, that's of that. what I do, but yeah. L- likewise, if you're, if you're presenting yourself, like, say, from your company, like, say, I'm, I'm Ollie Horn, who works for Toyota. In English, you say, oh, I'm Ollie, I work for Toyota. Whereas in Japanese, you say, I'm Toyota, I'm Toyota Horn Ollie. Really? Yeah. And, and, and so, like... proud of your company. I, I, that's why they kill themselves when they get fired possibly <laughs> we don't Sepulka, know Sepulka. maybe we should just say we don't know we don't know I'm I think Bob. that's that's <laughs> one maybe that's just one pithy example I'm Bob <laughs> Bob that's the move though Bob yeah. uh, it is cool if you have a good job Cap, you do Bob, it you're Bob Kaplan Michael yeah, yeah exactly yeah. perfect but I think it's, it's a pithy example but it, 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 <laughs> I'm comedy Sparks Turner <laughs> you sound like you're a children's that's a, that's entertainer. Make a living. <laughs> yeah, you have pride though in your company. What if you don't work for a company like me? Actually, I, I did just go to what do freelancers do? I guess they just present them as themselves. I'm freelancer. So oh, what? Do you, oh. All right. So you're going to be all around the world. So you don't know what you're doing. We've caught you right in the middle of a big yeah. life crisis here. Yeah, he's just that's one. That's one way. Where's all your it? stuff? Is it still? Uh, I, I most of my stuff is just in is in two bags. So basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like they know you're not coming back to Japan. Like you don't have like. Oh, so 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 what? Yeah. Ha- so what actually happened in Japan? Um, what about the club and everything? No one listens to this, do they? Um, <laughs> what? Now we're now we're in the good part of the podcast. <laughs> so what actually happened was I'd finished the Edinburgh Fringe and I was my plan was to stay in Japan for longer, right? To like to go back and carry on living the, my best life. But I was always kind of thinking, I you know I want to do something else. Um, I just I was working on a. a a language learning platform that, that had kind of just kind of come to an end. And I was, you know, I was talking with the guy that I set that up with Philip. We were kind of w- looking to launch a new project anyway. And I was like, maybe that can be the reason I move somewhere else. And basically I went back to Japan to find out that the guy that I was uh, subletting my apartment with, so like we had an Airbnb that comics would stay in. And then while I was out of town, cause I was like, on tour for maybe five, six months of the year, I'd Airbnb my apartment. The guy that I was doing it with 
went through his own shit, and I just don't know why. Apparently now he lives on an island, and no one's heard of him. <laughs> get this guy in the pod. Shutter um, Island. <laughs> but um, we had like a joint bank account that we were using to like keep the Airbnb running. You're shrimping out uh, with your roommate. There was not uh, any money there, oh, no. and I was getting e- like angry emails from the landlord saying you haven't paid your rent for the last two oh, months. No. So basically, that, oh, that literally cleaned me out. So. I made a little, like a little bit of money from Edinburgh, which is unusual. Most, yeah. most of the time, comics go to Edinburgh and just lose loads of money in one big vanity project. Alex Keeley, the comic in the UK, lost a lot of money. Well, no, well, uh, everyone does, but maybe he didn't actually. He's doing a free fringe show, but but he he said he's he said at the end <laughs> free. He said at the end of his show uh, a line which really stuck me. He went, um, "One of my dreams as a comic is to come up to this festival and not be fined for doing what I love." It's <laughs> really funny. So anyway, so I, I just kind of made that decision there and then. I was like, I just can't be bothered with this anymore. So we closed down the two Airbnb. Also, Airbnb had just become illegal in Japan, so it was going to be tricky anyway. Okay. Sure. Illegal? What? What was illegal? Uh, Airbnb, doing Airbnb. Like, oh, Airbnb. It was like a okay. huge registration system and a load of bureaucracy. Which Was this guy another expat? <coughs> no, Japanese guy. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and we were buddies. Japanese guy. And uh, who knows? But basically, he needed the money more than uh, he needed that friendship. And so... <laughs> Contact him, he just doesn't return your calls or anything. I think I met him. Because I've stayed in that Airbnb and you yeah. were out teaching or working for the day. And so he came and let me in. It has to be the same guy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's. Your wallet was gone later. What's his name? Let's dox Let's him. not do that. <laughs> let's. <laughs> and so on that basis, I just got rid of all my stuff. Literally, just um, my friend John, John Bear. Uh, Shout out. He, John Bear? Yeah, you might have met him actually. He did, he did comedy. Hey, John Bear. John Bear is a good name. It's yeah, a great it's a real name. It, it, it's his stage name, but it comes from his Icelandic name, which also apparently means bear. So oh. that's great. Uh, like, the thing is, he, like, he, he, he started doing comedy and his English is so good, like better than anyone's really. He was like saying, I'm Icelandic. And he just obviously wasn't Icelandic because his English was too good to be. Oh, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, you've got to stop saying that. Unless... Or you got to ramp up the accent. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You got to do what's the accent? Ramp it up. Oh, ramp like it make up. Make it more uh, obvious. Yeah, okay. And so we just hired a van, which was great fun. Never hired a van in my life before. That's adult. I've never done that in the Wait, UK. what story are we on to now? Well, just then I, I just got rid of all my stuff. Oh, I see. Put then, it in a van and threw it down the river. Then, <laughs> uh, coincidentally, uh, had uh, an opportunity to go to San Francisco and get a visa to go there uh, to work on this project, which I'm uh, launching to do with home-cooked food. I'm a massive foodie. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a massive anything. <laughs> Got in there before you did. Um, and the law in California is changing to allow people to sell home-cooked food legally, which I think is great. Yeah. Wait, right? whole-cooked food? Home-cooked food. Home-cooked. Oh, home-cooked food. We mean you couldn't sell... Oh, like, is you not like a restaurant? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't get... But, but they're, they're changing the law, so, like, there's a massive black market for this food anyway, right? Like, if you want authentic Mexican food, you just find the right Facebook group. Wait, what? <laughs> is really? You just go into someone's house? Yeah, you just pick go, it up. Show up at a Mexican family's house. And <laughs> you're like, I demand. <laughs> Here's some money. Excuse <laughs> me, Ollie says. <laughs> Ollie says I can have two chili Rolenos. <laughs> Who's Ollie? <laughs> Listen to the pod. It provides you with a good amount of context. Um, and so that's, then I was in San Francisco for three months, which was great. I got to. Just making uh, Mexican food? A good law on San Francisco. I can't believe it. I like it. Like this a lot. This yeah, is great, man. Very progressive. So you're out of Japan. Don't know what's next. No, I'd like. I I, I do quite like being in the states. Like I've, I've never been to New York before. Stay, right? Stay, stay. Yeah, <laughs> there's not enough room for you on on the island, but you on can the... live out in Brooklyn. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get to the news. Should we do this? Yeah. Let's, uh, stick around for the news. He's an authority on a lot of things. We so got a lot of news re- items you know, to get tight to. Stories. Okay. And... There's been a lot of news today. Okay, I'll stick around for the news. All right, stick like around the music. for the news. 
Before we get to the news, Ollie, where can people find you? Uh, well, geographically, who the hell knows? I don't even know myself. <laughs> um, Instagram, Ollie Horn Picks. Some stellar content on there. P-I-X? P-I-C-S. Well, such for Ollie Horn. P-I-C-S, like a picture. Yeah, it should yeah. come up. Um, if anyone knows anyone that's going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, I have 1,500 tickets to sell. Wow. And I haven't sold them all yet. So that would be amazing. Uh, you can find details for that show at edfringe.com. Search for Ollie Horn Pig in Japan. Tickets are on sale, but not selling. I was looking at the ad. You did the Adelaide Fringe? Yeah, that's great. Where's Adelaide? South Africa? Australia. How was it? The reviews were great. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Um, so Adelaide was really great. I stayed with family. Uh, or rather, I say family. Like family through marriage, but not even marriage. So my mum's boyfriend's younger brother has a house there. Because sure. that's where he lives. Um, boyfriend, younger brother. That, that counts. Um, and, uh, and she was like, you know, you get it, definitely got to stay. Turns out they were great. How awful would that have been if they weren't? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just a great festival. Uh, the shows went well, got progressively better. Loads of other spots you can do, uh, which all pay. The reviews were good. I got good reviews, and it was better than the Perth Festival. Did I tell you what happened in Perth? No. So, I t- so the way that these festivals work is you have to... Uh, this isn't news. It is we'll news get to news. the news. We'll it, get to the news. It's my news. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal news. Ollie's Lo- news. Local news. Local, news. local news from two months ago for a festival that's long gone. So the way that these festivals work is you kind of work via like a, a venue manager who like produces that venue. Yeah. Um, and they, they normally manage, you know, between half a dozen and, you know, 20 venues. And uh, I turned up the day before my first show in Perth where I booked into a 35-seater venue, which was going to be great. But my show requires a screen. And the guy there was like, oh, I'm really sorry, the screen's not working. Can you do your show without a screen? And I was like, I don't think I can. And so I was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do. We either fix the screen, which they couldn't, or we'll move you to a different venue. So they moved me to a different venue, focusing mainly on the screen. Yeah. So they moved me to the to a venue which has the largest screen in Western Australia. Ooh. <laughs> Western Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Western Australia. <laughs> How big is that? Which was like, a 300-seater venue. 300 seats? And I'd sold for that first show 13 tickets. Wow. And so the audience filed in just thinking, what on earth have we let ourselves in for obviously it's going to be bad and are they just spread out over 300 <laughs> seats no because I, rem- I removed all the seats so I just there was the 10 lonely seats so you're a sellout it was a, yeah standing room only <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's like 10 seats in the middle of a basketball gym ju- yeah basically and it's just it's like with WNBA games play at Mass Square Garden <laughs> so it was, like it, was it was the back room of like a massive <laughs> Like sports bar, yeah. nightclub, you know, venue complex. Yeah. Like, now, they, they'll play like American soccer in like a big football, American football stadium. Yeah. And there's like... They have to put curtains over the top and everything. <laughs> so all the there. But it was, it was just so degrading to have sure. to start the show by going, look, this isn't me having been ambitious and that ambition having now <laughs> failed. I needed a screen. I needed a screen. Gonna... First news story of the week comes to us from Time Magazine, Kaplan. All right. That's where I get all my news. Besides here. A clean Chinese restaurant in New York is the latest flashpoint in a debate over cultural appropriation. Oh, boy. <laughs> On Monday, uh, chef and health coach Ariel Haspel. Can you be a chef and a health coach? I, I don't think so. Not well. <laughs> not, not, not successful at either one. Yeah. Chef and health coach Ariel Haspel opened Lucky Lee's in New York City, a restaurant that she has dubbed as clean Chinese food. Uh, a clean Chinese restaurant that she said would combine her healthy eating focus with her love of Chinese American food. Mm. Her opening quickly was dampened by online backlash, people calling it cultural appropriation. Here's what I have to say. Can yeah. I start? Yeah, you're, this is your 
area of expertise. Let's just skip the cultural appropriation thing and just say this is going to be a garbage, terrible restaurant. This is going to be bad food. Why? Healthy Chinese food? Get the fuck you out of here. Healthy Chinese food? Uh, Chinese American food in general? Get out of here. <laughs> I want Chinese food. I want slippery, slippery floors. As I've said before, I want people smoking in the restaurant. <laughs> I want something Maybe. about the cigarette, the ash getting into the food makes it they taste still, better. I don't know what it is. They still smoke in restaurants? That's... In China. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Do they do it in Japan? I've seen them no. smoking in restaurants with... I've been at dinners where there are... New, where like the, the dinner is for a newborn baby. The baby <laughs> is sitting at the table and everyone's smoking cigarettes and just and coughing. Blowing it into his face. Just coughing into the baby's mouth. Give him cancer from the get-go. I do, I do remember being at a restaurant in Hong Kong where the, the guy that was making the food was smoking as he was like... Cooking. So, That's so, every restaurant. Saying, but it did occur to me, how on earth is he tasting what he's eating? He's not, is he? Because he knows it's going to be delicious. Yes! Because everything confident. he's put in has to be delicious. What are you going to do? Add some meat? Great. Oil? Great. MSG? Yeah. Are you going to taste it? Put What's a, the point? Put a couple ducks up in the window so yeah. people know it's good. Away you go. I don't. I think the, the problem is, with this is that, that this lady doesn't know what she's doing. You can't be, as you said, right. a chef and a health coach. You're not going to make good Chinese food. I think food. that this place should be allowed, but it's like, you know how like you have like a therapy dog if you prove that you're uh, recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get a therapy dog if you prove you have a reason for it and get on a plane. Sure. Like, I feel like, 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 see, I had like a heart attack. I don't know if you're. So like I, regular I, I, listener I, of the book. I can't. Yeah. So I can't eat Chinese food really because it's really low, the sodium issue and all that stuff. Yes. So someone like me should be able to be like, well. I'm allowed to go in there without being hated on. No. Wait, why? Because it's like I'm not allowed to eat Chinese food at all right now. So if I go in here, this is like a halfway I think house. it depends how you're dressed. I think you just shouldn't eat Chinese I food anymore. Chinese food ever again. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem fair. I think if you go into this <laughs> restaurant, you should dress up in like Chinese cultural garb. You should have a gong. Okay, I'll work on They should gong it. This white lady should gong it every time you walk in. She should have a rice hat on. Yeah, her she name. should go full on. Full on. I, I also I haven't heard of cultural appropriation being in the news in years. Like I, th- I honestly thought that was over. Week. It's I thought that fad was over. That we cared about that. That we fake cared about that. Oh no, they cared about everything. There was a girl with the mansplaining, manspreading. I honestly thought that was all out the window when we got like real problems. We, no, 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 no. I think no. the thing about appropriation is is this idea that like something which is owned by a minority community is kind of taken by a majority community, and then it's no longer in their control. Right? right, like they they no longer control the narrative, right? That, you know, yeah, that, that's why um, you know racial minority. You know that's why. So you think they're going to be worried that? Uh, no, I'm saying they won't be worried. Chinese people Chinese are like people. do what you want. Yeah, do are Chinese people this won't ones, touch us? Chinese restaurants in America that, that like there aren't, especially ones in like like Manhattan. Like you know, there's like these areas like Chinatown with like authentic. Most of them aren't authentic, as you've found out. Already. Oh, they're mostly Japanese people working. Wait, so what's or Chinese people working so at sushi restaurants? Yeah, so what's the difference between that common. and this? I mean, this is not authentic. Here's what the but difference is: she's that white. when it's a, it's a, yeah, it's that when it's a um, Chinese person cooking at a at a sushi restaurant, white we people don't, don't know that they're yeah, not right, Chinese right, right, or right. Japanese. Right. That's the only difference because white people are the ones who complain about cultural appropriation. If you go, yeah, if you go to a, and they're not complaining about that because they don't know because they're too ignorant to know that that yeah. is also cultural appropriation. I, I went to a, yeah, a a Thai fusion restaurant in San Francisco and noticed all the servers were Japanese. Yeah. And did you did you throw a fit? Did you, you write a tell. blog? No, I asked about it and they were like, well, there's just loads of Japanese restaurants here. Right, because Thai got Chinese. Want, Thai got very popular. Exactly. And then Japanese was the popular in like yeah. the nineties. Yes. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? Well, and then, so but I think the it. difference is right because because they're from that part of the world. Generally, Americans don't really want to want to complain. No, it's because they don't know the difference. Right. But, but that's imagine, why imagine, don't if, imagine if it was like a load of Nigerians that set up a Nepalese restaurant. Right. Well, well it, there'd be no complaint. That's why you could get away really? with it. Not in America. No, because no. But, you have to be white to complain. 
Right. Yeah, but you know, like it's like an interesting thing is you're saying because like we like if you go to an Italian place, it feels like authentic. You want like a but it's like hard. So now it's like if like a Greek guy or a, a Turkish guy was trying to pull off being Italian, yeah, you can't tell the difference. It's, it's like that's the thing. You need to be that you can't tell the difference thing. I just it was imagine, a Nigerian guy. <laughs> I just imagine myself being in China because um, we did have the local like expat restaurant in quotation marks where it was just a Chinese guy opened a food that was like Western food. Or, West, or, or, or like Western Chinese food. No, no, no. Like American, like it would have burgers and pizza and, and sandwiches. And I just imagine myself going in there and just throwing a fit <laughs> that he's appropriating. What my is culture. going on <laughs> here? Yeah. I did the opposite. I ate there like every day because it was the only thing that was like close enough to my asked. style of food. What about in Japan? Is it like, like what's yeah. the Western food? Well, well what's really interesting is... Uh, like uh, Japanese people are by nature, I think, very inquisitive and the, they're very good at refining things, right? Like, I think it's typical of Japanese history that it invents stuff as much as they create it. Well, other than the kite, but yeah. Other than the kite. <laughs> they, they take an existing idea and they refine it. And so that's why I think you'll find some of the best pizza, like even Italians in knowledge, some of the best pizza in the world is found in expensive pizzerias in Tokyo. Really? With like a Japanese guy that's like spent 12 years in Naples learning the craft, bringing oh. it back. <laughs> Importing ingredients, like, like really caring, like Jiro dreams of pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watched the original Iron Chef. They take yeah, they take it seriously. Yeah. He spent his whole life crafting the perfect slice. Exactly, and he fires his kids. And and, every six and months, you know what? Having, they don't make it right. Having eaten some of the the best pizza in Rome. Uh, just a month after I had uh, a pizza in this restaurant in uh, Nakameguro in, in the center of Tokyo, absolutely agree that like this really? guy knocked it out of the park. I you will need say, to go to like Lombardi's while you're in New York or one of the places that's like a dollar a slice. No, no, one of the really good places that people oh. think the best and take a bite of it and just go, it's good, but not as good as Japan. Not as good as Tokyo. <laughs> not as good as But And also you'll find incredible French restaurants too in Japan. By French, by Japanese people. By Japanese people, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So the cultural appropriation is allowed in that Because they're killing it. Yeah, they're, they're doing, doing a, a great job of it. Ma- so maybe that's the difference. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you culturally appropriate, but you do a really excellent I job, we'll let you off. Good. Like if the food, if the food's probably not good at this place because it's healthy. But like if she made, if the food was awesome. Next <laughs> news story: Scientists discover cocaine in every shrimp tested from English rivers. Oh, study boy. finds. <laughs> <laughs> King's College and University of Suffolk researchers caught shrimp from 15 different sites across England's Suffolk County. Which is more rural? Uh, which is a more rural area on the coast of northeast northeast of London? Now there's cocaine and all these shrimp. Why could that possibly be? They say it's not the shrimp's fault, by the way. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> they want to make that very clear. That's that they, clear. The they're not shaming the shrimp in this. So that was my first instinct. Maybe the shrimp have a really <laughs> like high pressure job. <laughs> they just need to let loose. You're night out. It's stressful being. You know, I, you're gonna I caught up my... in a net and like just gone. Your life's over. I know you've been gone for a while, but is cocaine back? <laughs> in the in the in the well, so he left certainly certainly at Oxford, people were taking like study drugs a lot, and I thought that was quite sad. You know, not cocaine, but drugs that would like you know. Oh, uh, Adderall. Maybe yeah, so they yeah, do that. that in, they do that. The lobster America. tail is loaded in Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. My impression of the city of London now is like everyone does yoga. Maybe I'm completely out of touch. Is Suffolk County that's near? That's sad. You know, I think yeah. that's the new world we're in. London, everyone's become like... They do yoga so, and coke. It's like the same I was person. In, I was right? in Boston. As, as they're bending over for the downward dog, they take yeah. a sniff and then... Back. Yeah, it's exactly... That's a sad state of affairs that London's... I guess my question is, is this shrimp that is normally being fished? Like, I've never really heard of British yeah, shrimp. They, they just took shrimp... Uh, well, they did a study. I don't know I if it's being why, fished or if it's being studied. Why did they studied. do this study is my big question. Was there like a lot of people are eating shrimp... 
like become him and dying. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like someone at all you can eat seafood. Maybe buffet, they, maybe, maybe, coke and maybe they started with the null hypothesis. There's no, there are no cheap ways to get cocaine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you just wait. Give I me, mean, a, give me a fishing net and a week off. Yeah. One of my things I remember from being in England was that the portions, whenever you'd order seafood, were small. And some guy, I remember some guy telling me actually once, oh, that's because. Yeah, seafood's outrageously expensive here. Don't order shrimp it's, or prawns. They're very expensive. So maybe... It's this, like a two for one. Well, maybe they're doing a couple different things. They could be like trying to reduce your appetite while you're eating the shrimp. Yeah. Coke. <laughs> like dusting it with some Coke. Or maybe uh, it's a way to make some more money as a, in the, so they can make the prices cheaper for the fishermen. I, I guess know. so. These people are just dumping it in the rivers, <laughs> I guess. Dumping, dumping cocaine <laughs> in the rivers. Seems like a roundabout way <laughs> to like, make you eat less shrimp. This is reminding me of something which Paul said... Johnson. Paul, Paul Johnson, Johnson, who I think we've already... What are your opinions of him? Absolutely arsehole. <laughs> but the, so the reason, I, the reason I mention this is Paul said he listens to the pod if there's someone that he knows on it because they might mention... Something him. negative about him. Yeah, and so I was, I, I'm just guaranteeing that. Yeah. So he must be an enemy of the pod then. He's not listening every week. No, we say something negative about him every We're week. We're going to make that a new <laughs> running thing every week. He's a solo pod. <laughs> but he said something about like the American dollar bill. There's like a... I oh, don't yeah. remember the stat, like 98% have, have cocaine on them. I think so. Something. Yeah. I've, I've made that number up. But no, it's something that's close. Post-truth. But, but how do like like millennials and stuff, like they don't, no one has money with them ever. They're always, they must do coke off keys True, or something. it's not they, anymore. They must they, not be used dollar bills. They do it off their uh, their Coinbase <laughs> <Phones>. app. <laughs> Next news story. It's save currency. They need to be cokeheads. Last <laughs> news story of the week comes to us from CNN. Burger King has a message for McDonald's. Not every meal is happy. Burger King has rolled out a new Whopper meal box called Real Meals. Oh, yeah. Uh, Labeled with different moods and colors. The packaging comes in five moods. The pissed off in red. Blue for sad. Salty is teal. Yes (laughs) is purple. And DGAF, which stands for don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck in internet speak, is black. This is part of Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, because I did. Is, did you know that Happy Meals were a problematic thing? Like, does that cause pain to people who have? Mental I didn't health realize I was marginalized. <laughs> Happy Meals were marginalizing parts of society. So it's just they're mostly. Aren't you only allowed to get them if you're a kid? A Happy Meal? Oh, yeah. I don't think they have an age maximum. No, because the kids' meals at other. I don't go to McDonald's as we've discussed, but like at Wendy's and other places, like the kids' meals have always been for like. I think uh, you're supposed to be a kid, yeah, but I don't like think they, and under, it's I've like never deal. tried a toy. It's like it's going like, to Chuck E. Cheese as an adult. They, I don't think they tell you no. Well, but. they do. If you go without a kid, I actually they, they do. <laughs> oh, you've tried. <laughs> no, at Chuck E. Cheese, they have you make you wear a wristband that matches your kids. Really? So that your kid can't leave without you. Yeah. And you oh. can't leave. You, yeah, you can't. You can't be there without a kid. For what it's worth, Weatherspoons in the UK, they don't strictly enforce the sharing platter. <laughs> it's just a pub chain, but you can you can buy the sharing platter for one. <laughs> uh, that's nice. I like it. But yeah, do they uh, do they get, do they have different toys? Here's the, the problem with this entire this this what they're assuming this Burger King thing. This is a marketing idea. Right, that they're gonna make money off of. They think they're, they they're trying to make money by aligning themselves with like mental health, culturally appropriating <laughs> mental health. Yeah. They're assuming that people want to be seen in Burger King in the first place. Right. If you really want to be in tune, no one wants to go to Burger King. It's like a, you're sad, so you're like, I'm going there. I don't want right. anyone to see me. They should hand out those the nose, the Groucho <laughs> Marx, the Groucho <laughs> Marx like, disguise. Well, the cl- the average person at Burger King is either working class or they're a family or they're, or they're drunk college kids. Or yeah. like whatever. They're not like someone who gives a I don't think a shit about But if you are depressed, you don't want a meal that but, reinforces how depressed yeah. you are. You right. want something that's happy. Yeah, you want a happy meal. The, 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 
I, I I completely agree with your premise that you don't go to these restaurants because things are going well. Exactly. Right. But the thing that I resent is they'll they'll put like a special burger on, right? And you're going in feeling like shit and going, maybe my personality is best reflected now with the rustic bacon and Swiss cheese <laughs> yeah. burger. Maybe that particular that's, elevation makes Colorado this, burger. makes this more sophisticated. Which brings me on to the point which I was making to you last week, that the one thing I genuinely don't get about the States is how prolific free refills are in a country that is staunchly not socialist. Uh, yes. But also, you have different prices for small, medium, and large drinks. So you yeah, but small, you can get as much as you, you want. You can get as much as you want. It's a big... And, and it's like $2 extra to get a large. Because who has the time to go up and get a refill? Well, that's the only thing I can think of, that you're happy to spend the extra $2 to not suffer the indignity of having to go back up to the free refill machine. Well, I think no, it's lazy. Not, I don't think it's indignity. This addictive. is a thing. You've been in, around the country? Because nah, just you're not just talking about New York here. Oh, no. It's same in, in San Francisco. Yeah, because That's is, free refills of kale juice. Real, and if you go into a real America... Like this, because like, and people in New York don't even realize they, they don't go, go to Burger King. Two miles that way, I'm pointing towards New Jersey. Yeah. That's real America. I mean, because like, if you go to like an Applebee's or like these kind of places, you, they give you like a giant soda. You don't even have to ask them; they just refill it. They refill before people, you can even ask. It's halfway want the free, done, and they people fill it want back their up. free refills, and so they need the bigger cup because they're going to take it to go a lot of times. Yeah. So they want to get the most for their money. They want the giant 64 ounce. So they, in New York, you don't even like. I get nervous. They refill it. I'm like, am I paying for that? Because it's not. In New well, York, it's not always free refills. I right? have good news for We're you. We're not socialists. So the rest day, of that country. Day one, <laughs> uh, I went to Shake Shack with Paul Johnson. Do you know Paul Johnson? Sure. <laughs> Real <laughs> dirtbag. Oh man, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> he loves the kitty porn. No. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, and uh, so I was leaving Shake Shack with a with a cup, and the guy stopped me on the door. He was like, uh, "Excuse me, sir." And I was like, "Ah, oh, what have I done?" Uh, and he went. Did you get that refill before you left? Like double check. The staff checked if I got got the refill. That's, that's a great restaurant. They have really good customer service. Last thing Shack. here, this uh, they, I'm rereading this blue for sad Burger King yeah. meal. If you're going into Burger King it's, and so going like I want the sad <laughs> one, you are you're a bigger loser. We found someone who's a bigger yeah. loser than the guy who goes abroad <laughs> to play video games. I mean, you might as well just put the person outside and let the drive-through people run you over and just end it. <laughs> or just stick your face in the deep fryer. Because <laughs> like that's just pathetic. Is the and the wrappings blue? Like you the, are on the, suicide watch. Yeah. They should take your shoelaces away from you <laughs> yeah. the second you order this, so you can't hang yourself. Because yeah. it's just gonna devolve into people making fun of it at the place, which goes against the whole point of mental health. We awareness should go do like this we're right, doing right now. now. <laughs> yeah, we should go to Burger King. Uh, By the way, also only available in like it's in like New York, Austin, Texas, San Francisco, yeah. and L.A. All the places where people are overworked and depressed. Where people, well, the places people where people eat, they're so self involved, they convince themselves that. Also, they're, they're all these are places where. The people who would care about this are such foodie snobs they would never eat at a Burger King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the irony of this is Which all... makes no sense. I, I get I, I got absolutely infuriated uh, by a French person I met in, in San Francisco. Oh, get in line. Who was like... <laughs> it was, like, was telling me that like the Big Mac isn't delicious. Oh <laughs> it's like you can say as, whatever you want about the Big. Obviously, it's it nice. Delicious. Right. Obviously, it's nice. It's right? Nice. Can't you tell me you've been to Paris? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take him <laughs> San Francisco, you know. That's the show, everybody. Ollie Horn, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. This, this is, is a, a blast. That's it, Cap. Oh, before we get lost, come see me at the Friars Club February 7th. No, June 7th, Friday night. <laughs> February 7th. February 7th. I just picked a month. <laughs> you know, it's the 7th. Every month on the 7th, go to the Friars Club. <laughs> yeah. You're going to write one of these days. New York City, 739 30. Get your tickets now. TurnSparks.com. Cap, what should we do? Get lost. Get lost. <laughs>